I'm Phil Hopton. And I'm Ollie Cadell. And you're listening to the Practice Evolution podcast brought to you by Waters Kluwer Tax and Accounting UK. In this podcast series, we talk to industry leaders, influencers, fellow accountants and technology experts to address key issues impacting you, the accountant, as you continue to evolve your practice and adapt to the ever-changing needs of both your teams and your clients. This episode is part of a series of episodes we recorded live at Accountex 2023 as part of our Practice Evolution Theatre. Across the two days, we spoke to a host of amazing guests around a wide range of interesting and challenging topics. So, Ollie, what is this episode about? Well, Phil, in this episode, we unveil our accounting crystal ball. Uh, I'm delighted to hand over to Charlotte Ng, uh, owner and founder at Pure Cloud Accounting, and Ben Cunliffe, one of our own, who is product manager at Walters Clear Tax and Accounting UK, and our premier expert behind our FinCET product, which had its own mini stand at Accountex. Uh, they're covering the theme of forecasting, how you can predict the future in light of your financial circumstances. This is a really fascinating session. And Phil, I think you introduced this one. I did indeed. In fact, not only did I introduce it, but I was also um, a moderator of this I'm so conversation. I'm sorry, I have That's fine. I'm used to it now, Ollie. Um, <laughs> so look, we'll, we'll hand over to that uh, that conversation sec. Just remember, as always, with these live episodes recorded at Accountex, there is a bit of background noise um, and the occasional reference to things happening around us at the time at this wonderful two-day event. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to pass over to me, which is always weird to pass over to me, but I'm going to pass over to me as I talk to Ben and Charlotte. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to day one of Accountex 2023. Uh, for fat fans, this is actually my fifth Accountex now. Ooh. I was working earlier, so it's my fifth anniversary of being here. Um, but only because of COVID, otherwise it would be more. So, uh, so. anyway, uh, this is not the session that's up on the screen. It's that one. So uh, this is forecasting how to project the future and make informed decisions. So anyone that was here earlier today would have uh, potentially heard a great session that Ben and Andrew hosted uh, around FinTech, our forecasting tool. And what I wanted to do today was dig a little bit deeper into that and, and kind of get someone in that does forecasting, that can talk about it and, and why they do it, how they do it, the importance, and talk through the tools they use and, and some other bits and pieces. And I also brought Ben along as well. Decoration. Decoration. Uh, ben knows the actual technical questions, right? Um, so, um, so introduction to the panel. My name's Phil Hopton. I'm co-host of the Practice Evolution podcast um, and head of digital sales at Walks Clure. I've got Ben Cunliffe, who is our project manager for... Many, many products. Many, so, many products. Senior product manager for um, Twinfield, Basecone, Finsit, is what I'm talking about today. And uh, for those of you who are using the CCH suite as well, um, you may or may not be aware that we're also developing some very exciting um, cloud products um, as we transition CCH into the cloud. So I'm also the product manager for a few of those, which is nice, so building those from the ground up, very exciting. And joining us is Charlotte Ng from Pure Cloud Accounting. Charlotte, do you want to do a quick introduction? Yes, hi everybody. Um, I run um, an independent practice uh, which looks after unmanaged businesses um, working on all sorts of cloud software. And I've, uh, I've known Charlotte for longer than I've worked at Walters Clue, to be fair. We've, we've kind of done some panels in the past and and actually, I thought Charlotte would be a great guest to get in because actually, back in the day, I used to work for one of the 
incumbent forecasting and reporting softwares, and, and that's probably where we met. So yeah. I guess I guess the first question I'm going to ask, and I, well, let, let's go with the big question first, right? Why is it important? Why is forecasting something that still, eight years after I joined this industry, is still a topic of conversation, still gets people coming to look at software, and is still something that we think is still important to our clients? Yeah, it's, it's still very important to clients because, as Phil mentioned earlier, we've been through all sorts, you know, we've, we've been through COVID, um, so lots of unexpected things for business owners. Um, we've had the knock-on impact of that. Then there's, you know, interest rates going up and potentially, you know, the, the economic climate not being too good. So there's lots of things that businesses have to think about and forecast for the future. And so as accountants, I think there's a massive opportunity not to be um, just preparing statutory accounts and looking backwards, but certainly to be working with clients and looking forward and planning for the future. So I think in terms of advisory, we can really add value and build relationships with the client uh, by working together with them to look at what they want to achieve in the future. And I think to add to that as well, Charlotte, I mean, one of the things that, that, that you and I have discussed previously as well is this idea of um, you know, those businesses who might be struggling, who are looking for the next round of funding, they're looking for the next loan. A lot of those providers need some kind of financial statement, in many cases, business plans or forecasts. And it's going that step further and being able to, I suppose, prepare those for the clients as well. And that's what we found um, when we did our surveys. So I don't know how many of you were, were on um, our session this morning. But um, we went out and we surveyed thousands of accountants and thousands of SMEs and you know they weren't all CCH customers, maybe 10 were CCH or W, 10% were CCH or WK customers. We got a kind of really nice um, view of the UK in general and it was 70% um, of the SMEs that we surveyed said they expect their accountants to play a bigger role in business advisory over the coming three years. I mean 70% is absolutely enormous and I'd I don't know if, if the same rings true with your, your firm and your clients, Charlotte, if they're the expectations that, that are coming to you from your clients. Um, and if they are, it sounds like you're meeting them because <laughs> you're here talking about it today, so that's good. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think um, business owners expect more from their accountants these days. They want real-time information and they want support. And, you know, as an accountant, you can act as a sounding board. Um, and, and really, if, if somebody's running a business, they want somebody else to rely on and to ask those questions. So you know as accountants we come across a lot of things that can be relatable to lots of different industries and lots of different business owners so I do think that um, it's really important that we offer that service um, and give the advice that clients need. And actually going back to your statistics part um, I remember when uh, my previous role I was working for a business that did business funding and pre-pandemic the statistic was something along the lines of about 15 to 16% of businesses had a cash flow forecast. 15 to 16% of businesses had a cash flow forecast. That always surprised me, right? After the pandemic, that went up to about 40, about 38 to 40%, which is a massive increase over a short period of time, right? Which shows there was absolutely a need for it and not just because of COVID. What concerned me was it was still only 40% of businesses. In terms of Charlotte, how do you, so Charlotte, I guess it brings me to the question of how do you work with your clients and how do you introduce forecasting to them? 
Yeah, well, usually it's asking clients, uh, do they have anything in place for forecasting and cash flow planning? You know, because now it is becoming more of a, a topic because, as Phil, as Phil hinted at, you know, not many not many businesses did actually do that before. Whereas now, I feel like suppliers. Um, are asking for payments, customers are taking longer to pay, and so there's really pinch points for, for clients. So really, when, when I'm having conversations with them, I'm sort of asking what they're doing, and if they haven't got a solution in place, it's like recommending something that they can do that links in with their accounting data, so it's not just on Excel, you know, it can be updated on a real-time, day-to-day basis. And I think a question for me I'd be interested to know. So. Do you find that there's a particular type of client or a particular industry that you work with that might need more help than others in terms of getting a forecast set up and in terms of you know, offering that business advisory to, to plan that future? Or do you find it's pretty equal across the board, across all your clients? So. It's the larger size business that need more more support, but uh, particularly people at um, manufacturing, you know, they've got a lot of upfront costs. They've got suppliers that need the, need the payments, but then they've got really large customers that are, are taking a lot longer to pay. Um, so I do find that that's a big issue. And then also businesses that are wanting to grow, they're wanting to work out if they take on an extra staff member or a couple of extra staff, you know, what are the associated costs that go with that and how does that impact on their profitability and their cash flow? So all these things kind of tie in quite nicely. And with the forecasting, um, you can do scenario planning. So what if we put our price up by 10% but actually all, you know, overheads go up by 15%? And you can really model things so that you can see the impact on the business and the cash. So one question for me and I guess... This is often the, 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 the blocker for a lot of businesses, right? It's not free, right? Like, no one here is going to go, hey, let, let me spend a couple of hours doing this, bit of, uh, setting this software up for you, building these reports and everything else for nothing. I mean, it would defeat the whole point of doing it, right? Um, from a business perspective, not from the, 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 the SMB. So how do you kind of approach that? Because people are price sensitive, right? People are always aware of what they're paying and in this world we currently live in where everything is so much more expensive than it was 12 months ago how do you introduce that as a service and as a concept and make it something that people are willing to pay for yeah that's a really good question because i mean on my journey with sort of cloud products and things like that you know you're trying to sell software to people that will benefit them and actually they say well why do i want to spend 20 pound a month or 30 pound a month on that but i think the way i try and introduce things um and things particularly pieces of software that they have to pay for, it's, 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 develop, it's showing them the, the benefits that they'll get and the time saving. So if somebody values an hour of their time, it's sort of putting that price on, on their time and they're saving that time because it's hopefully going to make it more efficient. But then also the output is they get some really reliable data to help them make good decisions. So, But in terms of charging for it, um, for, in terms of a piece of work for doing the forecasting. I think if somebody's wanting funding and you can help them obtain that funding, there's, there's added value there, so clients are happy to pay for that. I think one of the things that I, so I've, I've worked in, um, uh, worked with a, quite a few firms and gone in and started, set them up with advisories, set them up with different products. Um, and one of the things that we always said when it came to actually paying for it was understand your value, understand the value that you offer as an accountant. And one of the things that I've helped a few firms try and get rid of is the I suppose that we refer to them as the just one more question client, where they're going, oh, just one more thing, and then what to do about it. And before you know it, you're giving them free advice, free advisory. It's it's um, it's a tough one to get out of because you need to say, okay, well, understand that you've got a lot of questions here, but let's look at 
our services, let's look at what we're providing, and if you want to come in, we can discuss how we can help you with that. And it's that I think it's that fine line that a lot of firms are, are walking, where they don't want to say, right, you're not paying for that, I'm not helping you, but obviously you need to value your time. You know, everything that you're putting in there, all your insights, your understandings of the industry, of how you can help, that's that's valuable. It's, you know, business saving, business saving advice. So I think that's one of the things that I'd say and say it to every firm, every accountant, please understand the value of your time. You know, don't work for free. One of the, it's a cheeky thing to do, right? But if someone questions the, the price of something, and I've, I've done this for, for many years, I always ask them what car they drive. You might think, well, why is that relevant, right? Let's just do a quick survey here. Who drives a Tata? Now, everyone's looking around the room going, what the hell is a Tata? Tata is one of the cheapest cars that you can buy. It's an Indian car. It's got four doors. It's got an engine. It's got wheels and indicators and everything else. It goes like any other car, right? You get in, you turn the key, and it goes. But no one drives one here, right? Who drives an Audi or a BMW or a Merc or a... Ford or, or whatever, right? So the Tata does the exact same job as all of them, realistically. It motors you somewhere, but no one buys one because we put our value, our assumptions in value, into a brand or into a service or into a product, right? So if your customers are will, if your customers are turning up to your office in an Audi and they're moaning about your pricing, I'd probably ask them why they're driving an Audi and why they don't because they could have a Tata of an accountant, but, uh, you know, is that really going to help them with their, what they want to do, right? So, just a, just a bit of thought from me. So, pricing's always an interesting one, but so let's kind of dig a bit more into forecasting and the kinds of services and, and what you can kind of do for customers. So, what kind of is, obviously, cash flow forecasting, KPIs, there's so many different elements to building a forecast and helping a business understand their challenges. Where do you generally start when you're, when you're looking at that, Charlotte? So initially, um, I think it's important to understand what the client actually wants. So um, find out what KPIs they want to monitor, what their end goal is. Is it finance they want to obtain? Um, do they want to grow the business? Do they want to take on more staff? Once you know what their aim is, you can then work with what you've got to get to the end goal. What I would say that's really important is having the right information to start with, because if you have really good information you're going to get good information at the end if your information's not right at the start with the bookkeeping and the basics then you know the information you get out is not going to be right but yeah definitely look at what the client wants and I would also um, ask them what their business and their personal goals are because a lot of those things link in you know if it's an exit strategy they want to grow to a certain level and then exit it's all working you know working as it as a whole that's, that's a great point as well because what you're doing there is you're turning it into something tangible for them. You know, you go to your accountant and they could talk to you about forecasts and cash flows and what it looks like and it might not be as interesting as, okay, this is when you're going to retire or this is when you're going to buy your new Audi or your new Tata. Tata? Tata. Tata or your new Audi or you're turning it into a tangible asset for them. It's something they can look forward to. Um, so, yeah, really, really great point. Yeah, it's a little bit more relatable because it's not just about numbers and things it's actually how it's yeah. going to impact them personally yeah it's like it's the difference between five percent growth and that new holiday home in the canary islands yeah it's yeah so i'm a i'm a, i'm an smb i've come to you you've built me I've, I've i need some funding and you've helped me get a forecast and that's helped me get some better rates of funding and i'm like right i'm done now thanks i've done my forecast you've done it for me i'm out the door we don't need to worry about it again 
how do you approach that question? Because I'm sure you get that a lot, right? It's like, oh, I've, I've, I've solved the need that I'm looking to solve, so I don't need that service anymore. How do you make it uh, a replicable and a service that becomes part of their everyday checks of their business? Uh, I think that's a good question because obviously there's one-off pieces of work where people do just specifically want that funding. Um, but if somebody's you know, managing their business with management reports on a day-to-day -day basis, I think you can tag in the forecasting as a nice... I, I like to do the what-if scenarios. You know, what if this happens? Because I think that gives them options. And again, it gives those talking points. So as part of the monthly service or the quarterly service, it increases touch points with the client and you can offer that reporting because it's you know if you've already got it set up so you can add it as an added value service and, and i suppose it's proactive as well right charlotte i mean there's Absolutely. a lot of a lot of things that we found out when we did our um, our survey that i've mentioned a few times and that data is did you, is did you do a survey babe? <laughs> we did do a survey it's more valuable than gold that data um and i think it, you know the world or the, especially the business world is ever changing you know we've got interest um interest rate hikes again Obviously, we've still got all the knock-ons from COVID. Everything's more expensive, as you said. I think to have a kind of a stationary forecast and go, right, we've done that. Really, I suppose it's it's ignoring any pitfalls or any opportunities. And like you've alluded to as well, Charlotte, you know, as the accountant in, in charge of this business, you know, you are um, highlighting those pitfalls. You're highlighting those opportunities. You're making sure it's you know, proactive and nothing kind of sneaks up on them. And I suppose that's, like you said, the importance of the role in forecast because it's not a a stationary you know, economy, it, it's, it's ever-changing. So let's talk KPIs. So KPIs is a, a great way to understand a business, a business performance. I mean, all businesses, one way or another, use KPIs. We do at Walters Clure from, you know, how many people walk through the door at this stand to how many leads we convert, right? There'll be KPIs attached to everything. So how do you go about finding what is important to a business and then building KPIs that are relevant for them to, again, to help them understand what their challenges are from a financial perspective. Yeah, again, it's by having conversations with the client, understanding what they're trying to achieve, and then looking at what they monitor on a day-to-day. -day. And actually, if you can give the clients the KPIs on a one-page report, it can become very useful, because you know you can give too much data to people, and it can become overwhelming. Whereas if you can narrow it down and, and look at those key, uh, key KPIs, then it can be really useful. And what I would say is it evolves over time. So if you are having monthly chats, quarterly chats, you know, the KPI that was relevant six months ago, it may not be because they may have diversified their sales and they might, they might want to look at different um, geographical locations and they might have started to do international. So, you know, in particular, I'm thinking of clients that they change what they're doing after six months, so the KPIs do change with it. And I think that's part of looking forward and, and keeping the um, data relevant. And I've, I've got a question off the back of that. And also, as a side note, Phil, I think we should probably go to the, to the audience as well before the end, see if yeah. they've got any questions. 100%. But I think um, one of the questions I was going to ask Charlotte is, you know, how many clients come to you? I suppose it's a two-parter. How many clients come to you and know what a KPI is, first off? And then how many know what KPIs they should be tracking or come to you with an idea of, of a KPI that they should be tracking? Is this something that you're introducing into businesses or is it something where they kind of understand it already and they're doing a little bit themselves? Because I think from, from my experience, a lot of businesses don't necessarily know what makes them successful. They don't know what makes them tick. I mean, they know sales, right? You know, lots of money coming in and not as much going out profit. Um, but yeah, that's that's always been a really interesting one. How do these businesses 
track their KPIs at the moment, or are they, I guess? I think there is a real mix. There's some people that know about KPIs, some people that don't, and, and you know, if they don't know, then that's why the accountant can, can advise. I think it's important, if they don't have any idea of what they want, it's starting with the basics. So looking at the revenue, looking at the margins, the gross profit, um, looking at the percentage of overheads, you know, are, are costs going up, where are they spending the most money, what are the costs per, you know, cost, how, how much turnover maybe they generate per employee, things like that, and then looking at the cash flow piece. Um, so I think really it is a mixture of people that come with knowledge or they don't, but yeah. then again, you can you can talk to them and you, you understand because even if they don't know what a KPI is you can interpret that and then explain what we need to put in the report. Yeah that makes sense and I think one of the other things we found and again I don't know how true it rings with yourself is but we started to talk to a lot of our customers at um, Walters Clue CCH around non-financial KPIs as well so obviously um, Charlotte gave an example of, a great example of a few of the kind of financial KPIs but there's a lot that makes a business tick that isn't necessarily native to the bookkeeping software. Um, and my example is always, and it's always a bit of a crap example, but my example is always, you know, if you're um, a car garage, you know, how many cars have you got in the forecourt at any one time? I might not necessarily track that within my bookkeeping software, I suppose you could argue it might go under inventory, but, you know, to make the most use of the space that we've rented, for example, I think that, um, that non-financial KPI in many cases is just as important as the financial stuff. Yeah, and it's quite nice if you can bring in things like Google Clicks, you know, how many clicks that have you had on the website and things like that. So, it, like Ben said, it's, it's also bringing in the non-financial non KPIs that are linked to like advertising and other things like that. Yeah, because ultimately it all contributes to the success, right? Exactly. And I think you can have tunnel vision when you're just looking at your Zero or your Twinfield or your QuickBooks and you're yeah. just looking at that data. Um, but obviously there's, there's a lot more to making a business tick. Yeah. So we'll go over to questions in a second. Um, I want to ask one last question, Charlotte, and I guess this is an important one for accountants, uh, especially when they're looking at offering these services for the first time. There's a bundle of different forecasting software on the market, right? Like all the Fs, it's always a standing yeah. joke, they all start with an F, and others, right? What, what do you look, like, look for sorry, um, in a bit of software when you're looking to implement it? How do you pick from all the ones on the market to go, actually, that's the one we're going to use? Yeah, that's a really good question because there is a lot of apps out there and you do need to check them before you, you know, implement them because they, they can have a dramatic effect. If you put something in and you decide it's not right, you know, you've wasted a lot of time. So what I would say is take advantage of the, of the free trials because most of them offer free trials. Have a go with it yourself, see if it works, have a play about, does it have all the things that you need? Now, sometimes there isn't everything that you want in that certain piece of software, but I would go for what covers, well, what, what, what covers most of the points that you want and also what can help the majority of your clients. Don't just go for one product that helps one client. You, you want to help many with the same one. That's a great answer. I think just off the back of that, Phil, if we could do um, a show of hands, I'd be interested to see. So how many people at the moment are offering forecasting services or advisory services in the firm? Okay, and leave, leave your hand up if you're using software, not Excel. Just one. Just one. Just okay. one. Interesting. Excel still uh, still reigns supreme, and I think. Well, hundred uh, percent. I'd say by that by that straw poll, hundred percent of people doing forecasting are doing it on Excel. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think we're going to see the same thing that we saw with um, Excel and forecasting and advisory tools to what we saw with bookkeeping when you know the, your zeros and your QuickBooks and your cash flows and your twin fields came in and people started to move off 
granted, I'm sure MTD for that had something to do with that. But I'm sure yeah. that that's, uh, that's the way that it's moving. And that's it for this episode of the Practice Evolution podcast, uh, recorded live from Accountex 2023. We had no idea if this experiment was going to work, but thankfully we've got some good quality audio out of it, and I really hope you've enjoyed listening to what our speakers on the stand had to say. You can find out more about Walters Kluwer Tax and Accounting UK by visiting walterskluwer.co.uk or connecting with us on LinkedIn or following us on Twitter. Thanks as always to our guests for this episode and in fact, thanks to everyone we spoke to at Accountex and who popped by the stand. Remember, as always, you can subscribe, rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're listening in on. See you next time for more sessions that we recorded live from Accountex 2023.